the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head into hour three, uh, concluding our week here, long week, felt like it. We covered a lot, a lot transpired. I just kind of wanted to have a conversation with y'all um, and uh, my producers as well about some of the stuff we did cover this week. Um, one thing that's always been a pet peeve of mine, and I, I suppose today's as good a day as any to talk about it. Uh, with the are, many of you are familiar with the March for Life in Washington D.C. taking place today, it's the first time it's taken. It takes place uh, this time of year every year and has since 1974, since the Roe versus, since a year after the Roe versus Wade decision. And um, it's the first year that uh, they've had the march uh, since Roe was overturned by the Dobbs decision. Um, It's a good time to remember that the Dobbs decision was originally and unprecedentedly leaked about nine months ago before it was fully decided and fully distributed or published and uh, announced. And I, I, I have to tell you, I still think it's a scandal that they cannot figure out and they have thrown up their hands as to who the leaker was. This should not have been that hard to figure out. And if it is, then that means they have clerks at the Supreme Court. It's a very high and lofty job being a clerk. They have clerks at the Supreme Court who um, who were able to lie, uh, lie through their teeth and lie convincingly enough to an investigative body like the Marshal Service of the court. Uh, these clerks, they're not what you might think of as clerks in other contexts, for those of you who may be familiar. These are very plumb jobs in law. Uh, right out of law school, if you can become a clerk to the Supreme Court, that's what they hire usually. Uh, uh, you know, st- stellar students, uh, students, you know, who get all the right grades uh, from, you know, usually but not exclusively, usually they're from one of the top ten law schools. Um, and once you clerk for a Supreme Court justice, uh, your career is pretty much made in the law. These are very sought-after jobs. They're very hard jobs to get. They're very elite, if you will. Um, almost every federal judge probably was a clerk. I like to think of, you know, my favorite Supreme Court justice was Robert Jackson, uh, who was the last, <laughs> speaking of not elite, uh, I think he's the most quotable. I think he's the smartest. He's the one I quote the most. And he's, believe it or not, the last uh, Supreme Court justice appointed by FDR to not actually attend law school. Um, That would be obviously unheard of now. But guess who his clerk was? William Rehnquist. William Rehnquist uh, from Arizona was his law clerk and probably had a hand uh, in writing a lot of those opinions of Robert Jackson's that I uh, love to quote so much. But, you know, it's a reminder this March of several things, even with Roe overturned, that this issue has not been solved or resolved. We talked, speaking of going over the week, we spoke with uh, Brett Johnson on Wednesday. Uh, we often speak uh, with Brett about the way the Arizona law is wending its way through the courts, uh, because what the Dobbs decision did was uh, turn, this, turn the issue of abortion back to the states where 
was until 1973. And what happened with the Dobbs decision is an interesting thing. It discombobulated a lot of minds um, because no one thought Roe would ever ultimately be overturned or a lot of people didn't think it would ultimately be overturned. That was what the March for Life was about. The March for Life now takes on a new meaning, which is to get the states to do as much as they can to um, to to enact pro-life legislation and to convince as many people as possible to think twice uh, if 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 an abortion is under consideration. Uh, it seems to me these are these are durables and durable issues that the March for Life uh, reminds us of, and it is an opportunity to remind people, uh, or I should say, perhaps better yet, dispel notions of the myths around the overturning of Roe versus Wade. The first grand myth everywhere, almost, was that the Supreme Court outlawed abortion in this country. I can't tell you how many people. Uh, pretty much every every young person under the age of 28 or 5 or so, mid to late 20s, almost every person under the age of uh, 30 I spoke to thought that that is what the Supreme Court did. Almost every high school student I spoke to thought that is what the Supreme Court did. That, of course, is what, what may not have necessarily been taught, but certainly wasn't dispelled and certainly wasn't fixed. The Supreme Court did not outlaw abortion. Abortions still take place. I put it to you that abortions will even increase in certain states, like perhaps California, which is now entrenching it into its state constitution. Places like New York, I believe they will increase in those two largest of our states. Uh, so it turns it back to the states. The second thing about the Dobbs decision, and it is also true of the Arizona legislation that Doug Ducey, governor, as governor, signed uh, about a year ago, was that it allows abortion uh, to take place up to 15 weeks. Um, for people who say abortion should at least be legal in the first trimester, which is uh, where the majority sentiment currently is in this country, uh, the Arizona law, as does the Dobbs law, the Dobbs law was very similar to the Arizona law, it has a ban after 15 weeks. That's well within the first, I mean, that's comfortably in the first trimester. In fact, it gets you into part of the second trimester. It allows up to and including certain se second trimester abortions if you still like the trimester uh, breakdown or if you like the tri trimester frame fr framing of of the issue. So that's the second uh, myth that needs to be dispelled. The third, which is interesting to me, is kind of where we get to when it comes to our politics. You know, all the all the um, conversation that I heard this week about presidential politics, if it wasn't about Joe Biden, was about the Republican fight for the nomination for the presidency in 2024. Uh, that fight will begin in earnest really this year. The campaigning will begin this year. This is when uh, candidates will start you know, raising funds, uh, forming their exploratory committees and doing an awful lot of travel to states like Iowa and New Hampshire, states like uh, South Carolina. That uh, this is this 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 will be the year that presidential politics begin. We have no break. Um, we get no break in politics. It's something to be lamented, uh, as you often uh, hear me quote C.S. Lewis on this issue. Uh, we think too much about politics. A sane 
and civil society should think about politics the way a healthy man should think about medicine, uh, something only to think about when something is not going well or something is not going right. And and it's it's a sad thing, and my chief producer here, Bill, always nods his head when I say this uh, because I think he just agrees with it, and maybe it's funny for someone or someone's like us in the business to say this, is I, I think it's an unfortunate part of our society now that there are no precincts devoid of politics. It's hard to find any sanctuary uh, or you know place of refuge from politics, whether it be a cocktail party, but you know, shame on the year 2020 uh, for injecting so much of it, so much of it into what we otherwise would have, you know, a break from the world or our recreation, if you will. That is to say, professional athletics. Um, that is to say, entertainment, but mostly professional athletics. And by the way, uh, professional athletics did not get a, a break from it, even on the abortion issue. Yes, most of it had to do with race. And most of it had to do with American history a little bit before that, uh, you know, with the uh, with the uh, with the work of Colin Kaepernick. Most of it, I think, uh, hip- hypocritical uh, for Colin Kaepernick talking about the depredations of human and civil rights in this country while being paid tens and tens of millions of dollars from a company that makes its um, products and mo- money off of slave labor. Uh, Colin Kaepernick may. Uh, may may be complaining about slavery that ended in this country almost 160 years ago, but he's profiting mightily, mightily, over $20 million a year from a company that currently takes money, takes its income from slave labor that is happening today, particularly in China. Um, so it started before 2020 with Colin Kaepernick, but 2020 became the year when the issue of race was uh, absorbed completely by the uh, athletic world, primarily at the NBA, but pretty much every professional athletic association got in on the game. And today, Tony Dungy, who many of you have heard of, a famous uh, coach, uh, because he merely has a pro-life viewpoint, was scandalized and defamed throughout the athletic associations, not only in the NFL, but also in the commentary at elsewhere. Because they simply don't want us to exist. And that's a shame, too. He can't have his own opinion. That's one problem. And the other problem is, you know what? Take a beat. Take a beat. Not everything has to be political all the time. All right. I have more thoughts on this. I want to talk to you about the Republican Party, the Republican Party not fight for the nomination, and the issue of extremism when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that is not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and get this. This is great. No loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. This is a secure collateralized portfolio, and it delivers an interest rate of up to 10.25%, 10.25% rate of return. Y-Refi is a due diligence-approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, investyrefi.com, or give them a call at 888 
Y-Refi 34, 888-Y-Refi 34. I'm taking this hour to just kind of unload some general thoughts that kind of put the week in perspective as well as some news out of uh, Washington, D.C. today based on what the March for Life, you know, reminds us of and 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 uh, brings up, at least in my mind. So as we go into 2023 now, and as I was saying, the presidential uh, the race for the presidential nomination begins in earnest. Saw a lot about Nikki Haley today um, making the rounds, uh, talking about and teasing the notion that she may run for president. I don't mean tease in any uh in any uh negative sense i just that's that's what she's doing she's kind of telling people she's thinking about it and hasn't made an announcement you don't kind of do the tours and interviews she's been doing if you aren't seriously considering it i for one hope she doesn't do it um we can talk about that we'll have plenty of time but one of the interesting things that the abortion issue does seem to raise often is the notion that the Republican Party, and this is a perennial as well, that the Republican Party has become so extreme these days that so-and-so would hardly recognize it or so-and-so could not get elected in it. The so-and-so is usually you know, someone whose name is like, oh, I don't know, Ronald Reagan. This is a Republican Party Ronald Reagan would not recognize. This is a Republican Party Barry Goldwater would not recognize, that sort of thing. Well, before I get into that, and this is a big issue for me, let me just remind that 30 years ago today, 30 years ago today, Bill Clinton was sworn in as the 42nd president of the United States. Now, Bill Clinton, as Jeff Jacoby was reminding us, was a big supporter of free trade, he signed off on the nation's largest welfare reform legislation. He spoke of abortion being rare. He, it, rare what, what was it? Rare, safe, and legal? Was that how he put it? But he wanted to make it more rare. Uh, he supported the liberation of Iraq. He signed off on the Iran Liberation Act. And he supported a balanced budget. Maybe Bill Clinton wouldn't recognize the Democratic Party today. Maybe we should start thinking that way a little bit. It doesn't get you very far because you know how the Clintons operate. They just hate Republicans so much they'll support the not R. They'll support, in that case, the Democratic Party. But the journalistic and political and commentary class likes to claim that the current Republican Nominees or those running for the nomination of the Republican Party or those who are currently in charge of the Republican Party are so far to the right, so extreme that people like Ronald Reagan would never recognize the party. Get your armor on for that. You're going to start hearing it. You'll hear it about the current Congress and you'll hear it about all the candidates who may decide to run for president, whether it be in addition to Donald Trump, the only one who's announced. They certainly say it about him. Uh, whether it be Ron DeSantis, whether it be Nikki Haley, whether it be Mike Pompeo, be ready for the articles about how the Republican Party has become so extreme. People like Ronald Reagan would never uh, recognize it. It's always wrong, by the way, and it usually starts on that issue. Now, you think about the only one who um, has announced, uh, Donald Trump. Um, let's let's just be crude about this and maybe obvious about it in the first place during the presidency of Donald Trump 
um, some of his biggest supporters were during the presidency. Some have peeled off since and some aren't supporting him now. But it's not over policy issues. It's over, I think, mostly temperament and elector- elect- electability issues. Um, my old boss, Bill Bennett, uh, was one of his uh, big cheerleaders during the presidency of Donald Trump. Laura Ingram, to be sure, uh, our colleague and friend Mark Levin, and uh, certainly many of you know uh, the journal, uh, the journalist and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. These were these were in the popular conservative culture four of Donald Trump's biggest supporters, defenders, and cheerleaders during his presidency. Okay, break that down for a moment. Bennett was a cabinet secretary of Ronald Reagan's. Laura worked for Bennett. Uh, Mark Levin worked at the top of Ed Meese's staff in the Department of Justice for Reagan, and Dinesh D'Souza headed Reagan's Domestic Policy Council. One would think that, you know, maybe those four at least, and we could name others, Gary Bauer, plenty, would have an idea of what Reagan stood for. Uh, But what do people usually mean when they speak of today's right or today's conservative movement or Republican Party and Reagan and Reagan, they usually mean uh, social issues. And when people talk social issues, they usually mean what is being marched about in Washington, D.C. today at the March for Life. They usually mean abortion. Almost all social issues begin with that. Uh, If it's not abortion, uh, it's uh, perhaps issues having to do with uh, race-based affirmative action. But stick with me on the abortion issue for just a moment because that's what is in the news today. I think most people have forgotten the presidency of Ronald Reagan or at least the candidacies and presidencies of Ronald Reagan and like to pour into him almost, if you will, anything they believe or everything they believe. They like to create certain mythologies that just aren't true by the historical record and just aren't fact by logical method of reading um, and knowing the difference between positive and negative and yes and no. Uh, I don't know if people knew that Reagan gave speech after speech, not to mention radio broadcast after radio broadcast on the issue of the right to life. I don't think they know he actually wrote a book as president when he was president on that issue alone. I think he's the only president to have written a book while in office. And the title of that book, was Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation. That was the title of the book. And if you'll allow me, I'll just read you a little bit from the ending, the conclusion of that book. Reagan said, We can echo the always practical woman of faith, Mother Teresa, when she says, If you don't want the little child, that unborn child, give him to me. We have so many families, Reagan wrote, in America seeking to adopt children that the slogan, Every Child a Wanted Child, is now the emptiest of all reasons to tolerate abortion. That was how Ronald Reagan was writing in his book, Abortion and the Conscience of a Nation. Let me say a little more about that when we come back. We'll be right back. We're playing that song, Every Which Way But Loose. Uh, We've added it to the bumper. Uh, Because of David Dahl's animadversions, uh, to the contrary of the goodness of that movie. It was a good movie. And uh, David said, well, you know, I made the point that every Clint Eastwood movie was a good movie. He said, well, not every which way but loose. Or I think he said something like, not the one with the monkey. Uh, yes, of course. And who sings that, by the way? 
uh, our fa- one of our favorites. We have a lot of his stuff. Eddie Rabbit, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that an Eddie Rabbit doing that? Eddie Rabbit, who wrote Cold Kentucky Rain uh, for Elvis, if I'm also not mistaken. In any event, um, our graver business frowns on this levity. Let me make the point that if it's not the abortion issue, um, it might be religion in the public square as an issue, or it might be the appeals to faith that sometimes Republicans in public office or seeking public office make that get the, let's use the word, animadversions of the political commentariat and the uh, liberal journalistic class that likes to say the Republican Party is so extreme uh, it would not be recognized by the likes of Ronald Reagan. So I am reading to you from the ending of Ronald Reagan's book that he wrote while he was president of the United States. I think that's a pretty good way to get an idea of what a president believes or stands for. What did they say and what did they write when they were in power? I think that could be the same thing said of a U.S. senator. Um, Anyway, uh, Ronald Reagan in that book, Abortion and the the Conscience of a Nation, think about now, we have two issues, abortion and religion or faith, appeals to faith as being extreme and so extreme Ronald Reagan wouldn't recognize them. So Ronald Reagan writes in his book, as president, I have often said we need to join in prayer to protect the unborn. Prayer and action are needed to uphold the sanctity of human life. I believe it will not be possible to accomplish our work, the work of saving lives, without being a soul of prayer. Still Ronald Reagan. The famous British member of Parliament, William Wilberforce, prayed with his small group of influential friends, the Clapham sect, for decades to see an end to slavery in the British Empire. Wilberforce led that struggle in Parliament unflaggingly because he believed in the sanctity of human life. He saw the fulfillment of his impossible dream when Parliament outlawed slavery just before his death. Reagan continues in his book, let his faith and perseverance be our guide. We will never recognize the true value of our own lives until we affirm the value in life of others, a value which Malcolm Muggeridge says, however low it flickers or fiercely burns, it is still a divine flame which no man dare presume to put out his motives ever so humane and enlightened. Ronald Reagan still writing, Abraham Lincoln recognized that we could not survive as a free land when some men could decide that others were not fit to be free and should therefore be slaves. Likewise, we cannot survive as a free nation when some men decide that others are not fit to live and should be abandoned to abortion or infanticide. Reagan continued, my administration is dedicated to the preservation of America as a free land, and there is no cause more important for preserving that freedom than affirming the transcendent right to life of all human beings, the right without which no other rights have any meaning. Close quote. That was Ronald Reagan. I read that late in my life, but something I read earlier was this, if I may quote, and it's not Ronald Reagan. We're going to a break. It's too important to break up uh, by the commercial break. So uh, I'm going to resume it uh, when we come to the other side of of, uh, this commercial, quick commercial break that is coming up. But uh, it's something to keep in mind and something to keep in mind as we also think about what we were celebrating 
or commemorating on Monday of this week, which was Martin Luther King's uh, day, Martin Luther King Day, Martin Luther King's birthday. It's going to be awfully hard when you put all this together to start thinking that faith, religion, and the notion and matter of life are extreme issues or the marks of an extreme movement or party. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. I'm talking about uh, commemorating Martin Luther King, uh, and I'm com- talking about the March for Life that's taking place in Washington, D.C. this day, today, uh, in context of what you are going to hear a lot as we get ready for the presidential race this year, which is that the Republican Party is so extreme that, um, you know, people like Ronald Reagan would never recognize it. It usually has to do with issues like the right to life. It usually has to do with issues of bringing uh, matters of faith or appeals to faith into the public realm. So I gave you a little Ronald Reagan on that while he was president. Um, And the thought almost is, is maybe the Republican Party has departed too much from Ronald Reagan in the other direction, that maybe Ronald Reagan by the commentary, its definition was more extreme than today's Republican Party. What I wouldn't give to have Republicans talking and writing like I was just quoting Ronald Reagan. But in any event, um, something I read earlier in my life was this, if you'll let me, and I'm quoting. There are those who argue that the right to privacy is of a higher order than the right to life. I do not share that view. I believe that life is not private, but rather it is public and universal. If one accepts the position that life is private, and therefore you have the right to do with it as you please, one must also accept the conclusion of that logic. Well, that was the premise of slavery. I'm still quoting. You could not protest the existence or treatment of slaves on the plantation because that was private, and therefore outside of your right to be concerned. Still quoting. Another area that concerns me greatly, namely because I know how it has been used with regard to race, is the psycholinguistics involved in this whole issue of abortion. If something can be dehumanized through the rhetoric used to describe it, then the major battle has been won. Whites dehumanized us by calling us the N-word. It was part of the dehumanizing process. The first step was to distort the image of us as a human being, in order to justify that which they wanted to do and not even feel like they had done anything wrong. Those advocates of taking life prior to birth do not call it killing or murder. They call it abortion. They further never talk about aborting a baby because that would imply something human. Rather, they talk about a fetus. Fetus sounds less than human, and therefore any act against it can be justified. Still quoting, Obviously, I'm quoting the words of a black man. In conclusion, even if one does take life by aborting a baby, as I must also inform or remind you, there is a doctrine of forgiveness. The God I serve is a forgiving God. The men who killed President John Kennedy and Dr. Martin Luther Luther King Jr. can be forgiven. Everyone can come to the mercy seat and find forgiveness and acceptance. But, and this may be the essence of my argument, Suppose one is so hard-hearted and so indifferent to life until he assumes that there is nothing for which to be forgiven. 
What happens to the mind of a person and the moral fabric of a nation that accepts the aborting of the life of a baby without a pang of conscience? What kind of person and what kind of a society will we have years hence if life can be taken so casually? It is that question, the question of our attitude, our value system, and our mindset with regard to the nature and worth of life itself that is the central question confronting mankind. Failure to answer that question affirmatively, affirmatively may leave us with a hell right here on earth. Close quote. A hell right here on earth. That was Jesse Jackson, Reverend Jesse Jackson, in 1977. He would go on to change his views when he ran for president and the Democratic Party. Ronald Reagan never did. But those views of a piece were right then and I think right now. This would be, of course, why two other ministers active with Martin Luther King, his best friend, Ralph Abernathy, and from former football player and now minister Rosie Greer, also endorsed Reagan for president. The issue. That's the issue. People have to grapple with these broad statements about extremism. They are going to have to grapple with these broad statements about extremism and faith and life and civil rights rather than just casually toss them around and infect the thinking of our politics and policy in America if they are going to be serious. We can debate it or we can take it all very seriously. In the end, I stand with that extremist, Abraham Lincoln, who said this, quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This was their majestic interpretation of the economy of the universe. This was their lofty and wise and noble understanding of the justice of the Creator to his creatures. Yes, gentlemen, to all his creatures, to the whole great family of man. In their enlightened belief, nothing stamped with the divine image and likeness was sent into the world to be trodden on and degraded and imbruted by its fellows. Great word, imbruted. They grasped not only the whole race of man then living, but they reached forward and seized upon the farthest posterity. They erected a beacon to guide their children and their children's children and the countless myriads who should inhabit the earth in other ages. Wise statesmen as they were, they knew the tendency of prosperity to breed tyrants, and so they established these great self-evident truths that when in the distant future some man, some faction, some interest should set up the doctrine that none but rich men, rich men or none but white men were entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, their posterity might look up again to the Declaration of Independence and take courage to the renew the battle which their fathers began, so that truth and justice and mercy and all the humane and Christian virtues might not be extinguished from the land, and that so no man would hereafter dare to limit and circumscribe the great principles on which the temple of liberty was being built. Close quote. Extremist Abraham Lincoln, writing 
words that would be quoted by extremist Ronald Reagan, who used words that were quoted by extremist Jesse Jackson and Ralph Abernathy and Rosie Greer. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thanks for spending some of your week with us. This was a hefty hour. We usually lighten it up a little bit. But as I say, we also don't want to be distracted from what are truly the durables. And when you think about the extent of the length of days we traveled from Monday to today, commemorating Martin Luther King, Reverend Martin Luther King, and ending with the day where we commemorate the March for Life, or where many do, um, it's a it's it's a it's a long and serious, but I believe seamless web, a long but serious and I think seamless web, which I think can be the same phraseology that you use not only for this country, but I think for all of our lives, and life and the issue of life itself, and for all our civil rights and for all our civil liberties. They are all interrelated. They all have to do with the kind of society we want that we would call civil. Civil society. Civil rights, civil liberties, designed for a polity that is civil, which is from whence we get the word civilian. So as we go into the weekend, maybe that's the thought for you all. Be civil people, be decent people, but be civil. Thanks for spending some of your week with us. Thanks for allowing me to be a little more serious this last hour. And until Monday, I'm Seth Leapson. God bless you all, and class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.